Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northside Nine Podcast. It's time to kick back, crack them, and get caught up on your Cubs baseball. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northside Nine Podcast. This is episode 10. I am your co-host, Ron Luce. I'm joined today by my co-host, Justin Hunter, and my producer, James Jacobson. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing good, fantastic. Good. Very good. Good, good to hear. I think we're all in pretty good spirits after a lovely Cubs ass-whooping last night. Um, tracking back a little bit, though, Thursday night we were all in enemy territory. Uh, enjoying some some beers and some Jello shots, and uh, we were tailgating with all the on tap Sportsnet guys at the White Sox game. Um, gentlemen, did you have a good time? I know. Yeah, I, I had a great time. I had a great time, man. It was uh, it was awesome meeting all the guys finally. You know, we haven't really met any of the Sox guys or any of the other on tap guys besides ourselves. So, yeah, I had a great time. It was really fun. Um, everyone was really cool. You know, shout out to White Sox Dave for showing up. Really nice dude. And yeah, dude, it was a great time. Yeah, I mean, same. The even, even though the game wasn't as exciting, you know, I, I kind of <laughs> wish for a couple more. You know, maybe a Vladdy bomb we were talking about, but um, obviously that didn't happen. But yeah, the food was great. Justin had his Polish I was striving for and fucking really looking forward to. So besides that, you know, I had a great time. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun and um, agreed, man. It was nice finally getting to meet everybody. Um, you know, names to faces and whatnot. So, um, big shout out to our guys over at Tap Sports for throwing the tailgate and, um, you know, having us, us over, even though we were, uh, we were out of our baseball element being down on the South side. Speaking of Tap Sports, we have some new blogs over about, uh, eh, we're about a week and a half now, um, since our last recording. Uh, go ahead and go check all those out on ontapsportsnet.com. Um, plenty of Cubs content. For all of those that are looking for maybe some Bears content, um, we got a little bit of Chicago Wolves content as they're deep in the AHL playoffs right now. Um, and speaking of that, if you are going to the game, Ticketmaster, um, use promo code ONTAP and you will save about $7 uh, on your tickets. I actually used it. I'm going to the game tonight. Um, so big shout out to uh, Juice and all the other ONTAP sports guys that made that happen. So... Go and check out some playoff hockey because we all know the Blackhawks sadly aren't there and it's depressing. Anywho, let's segue right into it, guys, all right? Holy crap, what's going on with the Chicago Cubs? So last time we recorded, they were just getting into that Cardinals series. Um, you know, this looks like the best team in baseball right now. And I mean, you know, uh, a beautiful sweep of the Cardinals. Um, you know, transition that into a Marlins series where they took three out of four. Um, and then a, another series win uh, against the Brewers. Obviously, that Red series didn't go the way they wanted. Uh, and then we transitioned uh, pretty nicely into D.C. Uh, with that big offensive explosion last night. And we'll touch on that here in a little bit. But guys, especially from those first three series, that Cardinals, Marlins, Brewers series. I mean, what what did you see, you know, that you... I mean, really liked, let's be honest. Obviously, they you know they won all but two games in that 10-game stretch. What's what's going on with this team? It looks like they're finally starting to put everything together. Yeah, man. Um, 
it's really fun to see. It does have. Uh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say it, but I have to. It kind of has that weird sixteen feel to it, man. It has that when you you turn the game on, you're expecting to win, no matter what's happening, no matter how the game's going. Unless obviously you're getting blown out, you just have this feeling that at any moment, anyone who comes up can get that big hit. And I think that's what this team desperately missed last year is depth in this lineup. I mean, I mean, last look at who's been performing really well of late. I mean, Bryant Contreras. Where were they last year? They were nowhere to be found. So this offense was really stagnant. And you're starting to see that, you know, it doesn't mean Javi Baez doesn't have to have a great game every time for us to score runs. You know, Rizzo will pick us up. You got Bryant. You got Contreras. You even have a Schwarber. You have people that can just come up with the big hits. And another big thing is this pitching staff. I mean, look what they did in this Cardinals series besides Darvish, obviously, who's still struggling. You know, Hendricks obviously had the 81 pitch complete game shutout i mean that was incredible to watch he was just he frustrates hitters so much and i love to watch hendrix pitch it's just you know that you watch some guys and it's just stuff and then you watch guys like kyle hendrix and it's just he attacks you in ways that just frustrate hitters he's breaking bats you're hitting soft crown balls lazy flies and he's throwing 86 i mean that's got to be the most frustrating thing as a hitter right seeing all this 95 and then you're seeing 86 it's got to look so slow up there but you just can't touch it and then, you know, sweeping the Cardinals at home was, you know, before this in that podcast, we talked about there's no way one team gets swept in this series because of how hot both teams are. And the Cubs, you know, it just took some of that 16 magic. Even Taylor Davis hitting a grand slam for his first home run in the majors. I guess it's like a dad that came on the field, you know, and he's hitting a grand slam against the Cardinals to tie that game. And that was a game the Cubs really had no business winning. You know, Darvish was bad and, you know, the it's just looking bleak, you know, 5-1, and you're thinking, well, it's a bullpen game from now on. Let's just get out of here and go for the win next time. And then you have Taylor Davis. It's just things like that that makes this team kind of special, in my opinion. Yeah, without a doubt, man, I, I totally agree. James, what what did you enjoy seeing in, in these I mean, for me, it's just it's just the Cubs pulling off these series wins. And I, I don't know if you guys know, like, how many, like, the number of street, like, how many series wins they have now, well, besides the Reds, but going into that, you know, they just kept winning series and week in and week out. If you're able to just keep winning series like two games, three, you know, I'll take it. Anybody will take that. And also just the overall, the one-two punch of Lester um, and, and, and Hendricks, like Hunter was saying before, it's just, it's great to watch. You have a lot of confidence with our whole overall rotation besides Darvish. And, you know, you can you can go into most of these games and be pretty damn confident that that the Cubs have a good chance of winning that day, which, um, again, you know, we couldn't really say that last year. And now that, you know, you can really say that this year, especially with how great, you know, Brian Contreras and Brett Bias have been. I think like uh, we were talking earlier, Brian in the month of May, he's been like a 360 something and he has eight home runs out of his 11 in May. So he's obviously heating up. But it's just great to see, you know, guys, uh, as, as Hunter said, Taylor Davis come out of nowhere and hit the grand slam. So those feel-good moments that really just like, as a Cubs fan, you're like, hell yeah, you know. Uh, we, we, you shouldn't have, we shouldn't have won that game against the Cardinals. And then you just go out there and you do it. It puts a smile on your face. And it's also really good to see a guy like Chatwood, you know. He, um, I think, it, I don't know what game it was, but he came out of the bullpen and went it, a prick. It was a... Uh, um... It was a 15-inning game against Milwaukee. He pitched yeah. four scoreless, had seven strikeouts, no hits. Yeah, and you you got to love to see that. Another, like, 
another thing we couldn't see last year, obviously, and then this year we're seeing it on full stride. So, you know, a couple things I pulled from those series were pretty much that. And it's just, you know, this Cubs team is going to continue to win series. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, To your point, James, to answer your question, I think it was eight straight series wins um, before that red series. So, and I, I don't think they had done that since 2008. They went eight on one because of the the shortened series against the um, angels. Yeah. They usually could have had nine, but they hadn't lost a series in nine. They've won every series. So it's just that one where they split, you know, they've, like you said, just gotta, you just gotta, you keep winning series or in the the worst case scenario, you lose one of three. You're going to have a real good record. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't remember who I was talking to about it. Um, the other day, um, it might have just been us kind of in general conversation about, you know, you win two out of every three games, you have over 100 wins. You know, you're a playoff team. You're probably one of the top two to three teams in baseball. Um, you know, it's not about going out and having to sweep every single team that you play. It's nice when you can get those sweeps, you know, obviously, you know, that sweep against the Cardinals, big momentum for the Cubs. And you kill the momentum of the Cardinals then. Because then they went on to what? I think it, they were on like a n- losing nine out of 11 streak after that series. So, you know, now all of a sudden the tables are turned. The Cardinals aren't the hottest team in the division anymore. It's now the Cubs because you get that momentum shift. But that being said, three out of four against the Marlins, two out of three against the Brewers. You know, that Red Series, let's be honest, they're, they were bounded to lose at some point. You know, you're going to lose a series here and there. It happens. It's baseball. These guys are all major leaguers. Even the worst teams in the league are, still have a pretty solid roster in terms of talent. And, yeah. you know, it's it 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 bound to happen. It also took, um, you know, it also took a bullpen blowing a late lead to lose that game. You know, it's not like they got dominated any of those games. There was, um, I didn't really get to watch the last game of that series, but it did kind of just seem funky with that rain delay and, I don't know if anyone was watching it. Did Q just kind of lose it, or were they kind of just squaring him up at at one point? Because I know he was rolling along. I mean, we were at the Sox game, so yeah, I don't that think was. Oh yeah, we were following along on the scoreboard. Okay, yeah, no one had no any idea what happened then. Okay, good. I'm glad it wasn't just me. I mean, yeah, Thor, no, it was, Thor's was continuing to you know do his thing against the Cubs, though he he was killing it, so. Yeah, he could be definitely be a new Cubs killer, dude. I I love Suarez as a player, though, but I'm I'm good on not facing him like ever again. You know, the problem with that kind of brings us to you know, Edwards came back. I thought he may have been you know back, but he's losing some velocity. I think that you know he only he's kind of only become like a one pitch pitcher when he has no confidence in that curveball, and he's not throwing like a hundred to where you can just blow fastballs on people. He's got a really good spin rate on that fastball. But I mean, if they're just gonna gear up for the fastball, they're gonna you're, you're gonna give up some bombs, man. And if he's not gonna be putting them like on corners and he's just throwing them up there a little bit elevated, someone's gonna get you. You know, he threw two high ones out of the zone against Suarez, and he threw another high one out away where he can get his barrel on, and he absolutely shit on it. And that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it really seems right now like the only bullpen arm that. I'm actually nervous about coming out of the pen is Edwards. You know, Kinsler comes out, I feel good about it. Chatwood comes out, feel really good about it, as we mentioned before. You know, even guys like Ryan coming out of the pen, you know, 
there's not a ton of concern there when those guys are coming out of the pen. But as soon as Edwards trots out onto the field, it just you can almost feel Cubs Nation kind of like shake a little bit. It's like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, here we go. You know, it's it's like a roller coaster ride with Edwards because you really don't know what you're going to get right now, and. Until he, you know, to your point, Justin, until he can, you know, get his other pitches working, you can't just blow gas by guys. You're not a roll to Chapman. You can't throw a 105 every time and get guys just to swing and miss. You know, you have to develop that off-speed pitch in order to keep guys kind of on the, you know, keep them honest. You know, they have to take your fastball probably a little more seriously then because they know if they get a good read on that and you can throw that curve, you know, and it's got the same, you know, path as your fastball, it's going to make guys look silly. And just he doesn't have that confidence right now. So, um, you know, they're you know, really you, struggling with that. You know, since we're talking bullpen a little bit, I was out last night and I didn't get to watch the uh, the late game ass whooping of the Nationals. But um, did Montgomery pitch? Because I saw something on Twitter and uh, did, did Joe Madden, did they catch him talking like crap about or like, you know, you know, verbally upset again in the dugout? where you could see him talking under his breath about like Montgomery. He, yeah. So I think he, he threw th- three straight balls, which and you're winning by 10. You just kind of want to throw the ball in the strike zone and see what happens, you know, just play for contact. And I think they caught Joe saying he is so fucked up right now. Um, you know, it might be true because the last couple of times we've seen him, he hasn't, he was really good against the Marlins, but you always have to take the Marlins with a grain of salt. Cause there's not very many good bats in that lineup. If any, I mean, they're brutally, Brutal offensively. They got the Jacob DeGrom last night, actually. Had, had seven seven runs on Jacob DeGrom. But, like, I mean, they're just been – they're just really bad offensively. So, yeah, yeah and also, man. And he's also just, his, like – oh, no, go ahead. I was just saying, he just hasn't looked – he's looked okay. I mean, I would – I wish he could be a little bit better so we could damn near trade him. Like, I think they might try to trade him for some, some bullpen help at some point, especially if Chapman – or Chatwood can show that he's going to be the long guy for this team, you know, I think you can really could trade Chat. uh, damn, forgot his name, Montgomery. Montgomery. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, he just got back, so we'll see. He should be okay, but you never know, you know. And, like, Bill and off that, even with his, like, rehab assignment, I'm pretty sure he was not doing that great, but they, you know, they brought him up anyways. But, um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't hate, though, giving Montgomery the work. I think it's kind of, you know, if, if they are going to trade him, it's kind of the same point that we've talked about with Russell is that, you know, if you're going to trade him, he's got to play. He's got to establish value for himself. And I think it's kind of the same thing with, with Montgomery. You know, teams have to be able to see something in him that they really like to where maybe he can come in and be that fifth starter that they need or, you know, come in and be their long guy out of the bullpen and, you know, I mean, again, last night obviously not great. When you're up ten runs, you can afford to, you know, live with it. But ultimately, in the end, I think he's going to get better. I feel like they're to a point he is still kind of coming back from that injury, and just it's not being talked about because he's not a critical piece of the bullpen. You know, like if, for example, when Pedro Stroke gets back, everybody's going to be scrutinizing him of like, is he healthy? Does he look okay? What's going on? You know what I mean? Whereas, like, right now, everybody's just like, ah, oh, it's Montgomery. Like, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? So, speaking of Montgomery pitching last night, can we please, please, please talk about Chris Bryant? Because 
This is a man, admittedly, admittedly, we were down on him early. I think all of us were as a group were down on him early. And I think a lot of people were. So I think it's, it, it we're not the anomaly here. I think we were the majority of people who are saying, oh, you know, what is he going to be? You know, is he hurt still? Is he mentally not there yet? It seems like ever since he decided to use an axe handle bat that all of a sudden Chris looks like Chris again. I mean, three home runs last night, five RBIs. You know, he's the first Cub to have three home runs in a game since himself. And the first Cub to do it in three consecutive innings since Sammy Sosa in 2002. It, is Chris back at his MVP caliber level, guys? I think he might I th- be. I think he is. I think, you know, this is obviously a, a hot stretch, but this is what Chris Bryant did in 16. This is... Who you know, because he he has the capability to get disgustingly hot. Like Madden said, you know, Madden said early, you know, he's just off right now. He's he's you know just not going through something. He's going to get disgustingly hot at some point soon, and I think he's at that level. You hit three bombs. I don't care if it's against a bad Nationals bullpen, but he's been doing this against good pitchers, and he's been driving the ball with authority. Something we really wanted to see. He's taking walks. He's putting together great at-bats. I mean, he just looks like he has that confidence when he's at the plate, you know. You can just see it. You can see how he's just – some guys just have that different kind of presence when they step in the batter's box. You know, even for – as Cubs fans, you know, when I saw Angenio Suarez go up to bat, you're like, something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying those two are on the same level because right now Chris Bryan is on kind of his own level. It's – it's, it's awesome to see because this is what this offense was missing. I mean, he was obviously a gigantic part of that 2016 team. You know, when him and Rizzo, and now you, you add Javi to that mix and you add a Contreras, it's looking like the best catcher in the MLB, and I don't think it's close. People want to say Rio Muto, but Rio Muto is not half of what Contreras is offensively, in my opinion. He might be better defensively, but he's right now Willie's bad is, you know, it's a big piece. So mm-hmm. it's awesome to see Chris Bryant becoming Chris Bryant again because we really haven't seen this kind of power surge from him since 16 even 17 you know he kind of I think only like 25 home runs so he's looking like you know I hate to say I called it but that was one of my predictions is top three MVP and he's going to be back and he's looking like it just hoping he can stay healthy I think that's the only thing that really can derail him at this point is some kind of injury knock on wood yeah no I agree wholeheartedly James you got what are your thoughts on how Bryant's been performing so far I mean, you guys summed it up pretty good. I, I didn't get to see the game last night, unfortunately. But, yeah, he's seeing the ball really well. And you're reminiscing off, like, the pass and those hard-hit balls. And early in the season, we saw him, you know, hitting balls hard, but not hard enough, you know. And, you know, the axe handle. And he, he's really making good contact with the ball. Now he's – whatever Joe said to him, I remember that a couple weeks ago or – he he said something about like how uh, what he was doing in 2016. He's not doing it this year. Um, I'm guessing Brian. Obviously, he's getting back to what he, whatever he was, and now he's you know completely obliterating balls. Uh, another thing you know I I kind of want to focus on um, is how about you know Albert Albert Almore. You know we're seeing him with a little bit more pop, and he's doing that high leg kick now that that we you know early in the season he he uh, got away from, but now he's coming back to, and then. Uh, also, like sh- I, like I said, I, I saw this on Twitter. I didn't see the game last night. But Kyle, like, didn't Kyle Schwarber have like a ridiculous at-bat in like the 15th or 16th, 16th pitch? He hit a home run. So 
that's that's really good to see. Yeah, um, I think I think it was a thirteen pitch at bat. On the thirteenth pitch, he he went deep. But yeah, it was it was an in- incredible piece of hitting from, from yeah. Schwarber last night. But yeah, you know, seeing Almora, uh, you know, coming along and getting a little bit, you know, getting some uh, getting hot here, you know, potentially being that leadoff guy first that the Cubs have been searching for. Obviously, we have Sh- was Schwarber batting leadoff yesterday. I don't know, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's just nice. And along with Brian, you know, if you're seeing good things from this team day in and day out, and things that early on in the season we were kind of questioning and now it's all it's coming along very nicely yeah i agree to add, add on to your point you said something about you know he looks different um with bryant he is getting he's a lot quieter in the box now and that was something that he had in 16 that he didn't really uh, bring to the table last year and 17 is you know he's a lot quieter he's getting started a little bit earlier and that allows him you know to not be late on those fastballs. I think that was a big thing we talked about. He was getting blown away by 90-mile-an-hour pitches, like, you know, very hittable pitches, like, in the zone, a little bit elevated. And now people aren't getting those balls by him. And he's becoming extremely dangerous in the box. Every time he's up there, you're waiting for him to drive something. You're waiting for him to hit something really hard, and it's awesome to see. Yeah, and he's also on his uh, on-base streak of 26 games. You know, that's... That's pretty good. Um, and then Baez with his 15-game uh, hitting streak. I think that's the majors' longest hitting streak so far this year. I mean, at least what I'm reading right here on ESPN, so that's probably true. But, yeah. Yeah, he's been – I mean, all of those guys, you know, to your point, have been incredible. I mean, you know, I think you hit it on the head, Justin, when you said, you know, guys have that kind of that presence in the box and – it was really lacking for Bryant the last two seasons. Like he'd step in and you'd be like, "Yes, come on, Chris," and then he would underwhelm and you'd just be like, "Man, he's what's going on?" Now he steps in the box and you're like, "Oh shit, he's back," you know. And you you start feeling that kind of. If you're the opposing pitcher, I'm sure they have have a little bit of anxiety right now, especially if Bryant's up with men on base. I mean, it. You know, look at last night. I mean, three consecutive innings, just taking pitches wherever he wants to take them. You can't make a mistake on him anymore. You exactly. You know, early in the season, like Justin said, he was getting blown away by fastballs, you know, cock shots. And now those cock shots are turning into actual cock shots. So, yeah. I mean, you can't make a mistake on the guy anymore. And Exactly. He's truly a guy that when he's up to the plate, you know, whatever you're doing, you're stopping to make sure you're watching his at-bat. Absolutely. So. Yeah, and, and, and Albert O'Moore, too, I mean, you know, Dating back to early in the season when, you know, Justin had his, his Bryant MVP pick, um, you know, my my kind of bold prediction, I suppose, was Albert O'Moore being a gold glove center fielder. In order for him to do that, he's got to be playing every day. And in order to be playing every day, you need to be able to hit. And he has been hitting the shit out of the ball. And I am so happy that he is because... As we've you know discussed before, and I, I know I was able to discuss with uh, with Sean on his show, um, you know, this past week was there's no team in the major leagues right now that I think has better depth than the Cubs. When Albert Almora, who's his, usually your eighth hitter, is all of a sudden a threat now to go deep every time he's up to bat because he's hot. You can't you can't pitch around anybody anymore. There is no pitching around people in this lineup. You know, whoever's leading off, they've all been pretty serviceable this year. Zobrist has been well when he's, you know, actually in the lineup and not away. 
we'll 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 chat on that a little more later. Um, you know, but Schwarber looked very competent last night in that leadoff spot. Hayward's now that he's finally got a hit on the board. You know, I think he's okay in that spot too. But then Bryant is two, Rizzo is three, Baez is four. That two three four spot, you can't. There's nothing you can do. You better just pray to God they don't do damage. Two three four five, and then you got Contreras. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's ridiculous. Like on it's on awesome. most most teams in the major leagues, if they have Contreras, Contreras is probably their best or second best hitter. Arguably, he is the fourth best hitter on this team right now. And that's insane to think about because he's been so good. You know, I think he's still batting over 300. He may have dipped just a wee bit, but I think he's still there. You know, they they realistically, and, and again, this was something I, I brought up talking to Sean the other day, was they realistically could have four guys on this team that hit 100 RBIs. Rizzo can absolutely do it. He's done it year in and year out. Baez did it last year, and, and he looks like he's not slowing down. Chris can absolutely do it. He's done it before. And... I think if in 17, Willie doesn't get hurt, he gets to 100 RBIs in 2017. So there's a chance that he could do it again this year as well, especially when, you know, he's protecting, quote unquote, you know, Bryant, Rizzo, and, and Baez in that five hole. I just, it's it's mind numbing to me how good the depth is on this team right now. And if guys are continuing to click like this, I I I don't see how they don't win the division at this point. Obviously, not everybody's going to be this hot for the whole season. But if they can at least play up to their potential, which is not too far off from what they're doing right now, they're still going to be a team that can win two out of every three and, and have over 100 you know, hundred wins and, and be cemented in the playoff picture rather than what they were last year where they just faded out and were an afterthought in the playoff picture because obviously they lost in that wild card game. So, all good stuff, gentlemen. I think we are going to take a quick ad read break here, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, some roster updates. We'll touch a little bit on some good old pitching concerns, um, and then we'll uh, we'll preview some coming series, and then we'll get out of here. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you to our sponsor for that uh, that little ad read segment there. Guys, roster updates. There's been a lot going on recently. Um, some some things that have definitely kind of shaken the media up a little bit as well. Um, so as we mentioned, Cubs activated Mike Montgomery. So he's now back with the team. Carl Edwards also back with the team. They optioned Dylan Maples back to AAA Iowa. Um, Addison Russell is back. Well, obviously, that's been very hot topic in Chicago sports media, let alone a bit of national media as well. Um, he's now back. He took the place of Ben Zobrist, um, which he is on a leave of absence because of a divorce filing between him and wife Juliana, or current wife Juliana. Uh, Strope is still out on the IL. Um, Caratini is back. Very good news. Uh, you know, Davis played very well, though, in, uh, in his time up. Really started to kind of create a, a little bit of a rapport with you, Darvish. Um, he kind of became his personal catcher almost for his time up here with uh, with the Cubbies. But wouldn't be shocked if he's back at all during the season. Maybe if they, they need to give Caratini and Contreras a break, they can kind of just call him up for you know a spot start or two here and there. Um, and Xavier Cedeno, we haven't seen much of him yet, but he is also back with the team. So lots of movement on this roster uh, over the last 10-plus days or so. Um you know, we've we've beaten the Addison Russell thing into the ground. I know we've discussed it heavily here. 
you know, Justin, you and I have both discussed it with Sean and Maya on Sean and Maya in the morning. You know, so we can, you know, I, I want to maybe just discuss how he's played on the field because um, he hasn't looked really terrible. I mean, he's he's been very competent as a second baseman thus far. Um, do you think, and this is my question to, for, for both of you, is do you think he's building enough value right now to where they could potentially trade him for something meaningful at the deadline? Meaningful? What do you mean by meaningful? Because if you think, if, if we're going to trade him for like a high high leverage reliever, uh, you know, late game back end guy, probably not. Uh, maybe in like a package deal. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 it's interesting because a team could definitely take a flyer out on him just because he is really young still. Um, he's shown that he can be a really good player. He's going to play great defense for you. I mean, when, when you said, you know, he's looked competent second, I don't think that was a concern of anybody. We knew he's going to be playing good defensive ball. I think second's almost even better for him because, you know, Baez has a lot stronger arm and um, Russell doesn't really have that same caliber arm. So him at second, I mean, that's a vacuum up the middle. Um, You could probably package him with something, but I think he has to show a little bit more offensively. But then if he's really contributing offensively, it's almost like, oh, man, you get torn between, you know, baseball and personal. Like, obviously, personal, you know, you just hope he's becoming a better person, and you hope it's not going to be a big issue for him going forward, and you hope this can kind of go behind him. But from a strictly baseball standpoint, if he starts to contribute, it's almost like you might want to just keep him at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's hard, but there's so much depth on this team. There's so many pieces. And this kind of transitions me to Zobrist. Boys, I don't think we're going to see Zobris back again. I think this yeah. might. I don't. I don't, I don't think he's going to come back. I mean, if you think about it, he's dealing with a divorce. He's in the last year. He's thirty-eight. I mean, he has to get so much done with, you know, his kids and working on custody, and I mean, his whole life got flipped upside down. I can see him maybe not coming back as a player. I'd love to see him back, and maybe after a while. But if we get him back, what kind of what Zobris are we getting? We're not getting a straight baseball Zobris. We're getting Zobris that's dealing with a lot of personal stuff outside the ballpark. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it might just be better. He's he's done what he's needed to do for this team. I don't think he owes this team anything else. You know, he may be making $12 this year, but he's made... He he, got him... Like him and Lester, they've done everything for their contract or if they fell off a cliff now, they've done what they needed to do. And, you know, he was kind of struggling before that and I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but, you know, these guys are humans too, and it's hard when you're dealing with a lot of stuff to just go out there and focus on a game. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think, you know, just just before, James, I I do want to hear both your thoughts on Russell and on Zobris, but look at what happened with Russell. You know, he tried to come back amidst the, the kind of the surfacing of the allegations, and he didn't play well. And it's, again, it is really hard to mentally go ahead and separate personal life when it's in shambles, I guess, for lack of a better term, from your everyday job. You know, even quote-unquote normal people. You know, you go to work, if you are dealing with things at home, it's going to affect you during the day at work. You can't just turn it off and, and deal with it later. You know, and it's the same thing for these guys. You know, they're human. They're, they're going to be thinking about it, you know, to your point. Zobrist's life just got turned upside down. Arguably, this is probably the last guy a lot of people assumed would get divorced. You know? Yeah. And obviously, you wonder what happened, and, and quite frankly, that's none of our business. You know, what's happening is happening, and that's what we know. But 
you know, he, you know, he, when he comes back, hopefully he does come back, you know, to your point, Justin, maybe he isn't an everyday player, but he still can bring that leadership kind of off the field that he's brought throughout the length of his contract and, and been a reliable, you know, kind of locker room guy. And, you know, even if he does that, to your point, he's done everything he can for his contract. He was a World Series MVP. You know, he, you know, certainly was a huge part of that 16 team, and he's been a huge part of this team ever since he got to Chicago. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, James, I'm going to just let you take it away Yeah, from I you, mean, um, all that, all that's really good. It, it's just, you know, with baseball and then obviously the divorce for Zobris, it's just, there's a lot going on there. And I, I, I can't imagine they would even, you know, talk to him about coming back sooner rather than later. You know, it's, it's something where. Even like say he comes back and he is performing bad, that's just another thing that he has on his mind. Going, you know, it's just it's really hard for the for for him and a player to to come back and then even produce. You know, it, you just wouldn't be putting him in a good spot. So, like Justin said, he could very well, you know, go this whole season and we might not see him again. But um, and again, I'm okay with that as well. He he's given a lot to this team. And then going back to Addison Russell, um. I look at it would definitely have to be like a package deal. Uh, I, I think his his sample so far this season, though, it's like what seven games, a couple games. It's not that much. So um, later in the season, towards that trade deadline, uh, I think we got to really look in and see where he's at if he's not gone by then, or you know if he's still on the team. Because uh, you know, I he he can definitely be a a player you can trade for a young guy and get some some solid pieces in return. But you know, I. And if they do do that, I just hope it's not like, you know, we're packaging one of our stud uh, minor leaguers again for, you know, some good reliever. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's just more time for both of these guys to see how it pans out. Addison Russell gets more games under his belt. We know how he is defensively, offensively. We got to see how it's going. He's been like a 267 now, which at first, you know, he was struggling a little bit, but now he's picking it up. And then Zobrist, um, yeah, you know, we just don't know. And, Quite frankly, it, it, like we all say, it wouldn't bother any of us if he didn't happen to come back because it's it's completely understandable. So, yeah, well said, man. I mean, yeah, that's it's it's crazy. I mean, I, I was talking to you know fellow on tap guy uh, Tony the one day when we were you know when this divorce stuff kind of first came out. And Tony's like, wow, man, it seems like up on the north side, it's just there's always something going on, and I think that's even more credit to. The, you know the coaching staff and how strong the chemistry is in that locker room because these guys can still go out and win ball games every day and it they don't let it affect their on field play you know they don't let it get to them it doesn't bother them it's not a distraction you know they because that that chemistry in that locker room is so strong with guys like Rizzo and Contreras and Bryant and Hayward and you know just high quality character human beings so um Segwaying out of that, though, um, you know, we we've we've just addressed it a little bit. Um, obviously, the bullpen has been better. Um, Kinsler and Ryan seem to kind of now be the favorites, I guess, coming out of the pen with Stroke being hurt. Um, long-term situations, Chatwood has been nothing short of spectacular. Which, for what they're paying him, I'm glad he's kind of living up to that contract now and performing the way that. Clearly, this front office saw he could when they signed him in free agency. Hendricks has been spectacular. Lester has been phenomenal. Hamels has been very good. Q has been very good. 
So all the, you know those four have been consistently you know, and it seems like lately the trend for this starting rotation has been seven innings, at least six, you know. But some guys seven innings, eight innings. Kyle Hendricks had that you know we called it the Greg Maddox game where he had a complete game with under a hundred pitches. You know the only kind of question mark right now is Darvish. And I would argue, and and I, I absolutely want to hear from you guys about this, is I'd argue right now Darvish is starting to find his, his stuff again. I mean, he had 11 punch-outs against the Reds. The only concern is how deep he's going into games, in my opinion. He's only going five and a third. And I say only, like that, you know, it's it's he's progressively getting better. You know, he's, at one point, I'm pretty sure he had, what, he was only going like four innings at a time sometimes. You know, now at least he's getting into that five, five and a third, five and two third range. And he's bringing the stuff, you know, he's bringing those 11 strikeouts with him. You know, that I, for him is huge for confidence. I would just love to see him be able to at least go six. I think if, you know, we've we've said it before on here, if you can get six innings out of your starting pitcher, six good innings out of your starting pitcher, you're setting your bullpen up for more success because now you don't have to go through five guys in a game if you don't want to. If guys are pitching well out of the pen, you can go through three guys, one for each inning, and then get out of there hopefully with a win. So I want to hear from you guys. You know, What do you think it's going to take for Darvish to, I guess in your eyes, live up to the contract? And I, I say that in air quotes because you know I, I don't know if he's ever truly going to live up to that contract right now just by the way he's been producing. But what would you at least like to see out of him? for you to, to feel a little better about, you know, what he's doing on the field. Command your damn fastball, you. That's been his problem. He's got the stuff. He's got some of the nastiest stuff in the league. Everyone knows it. He can go up there to 95 to 97 with ease. His problem is he can't he can't command it for the most part. And, you know, sometimes he just kind of becomes a junk baller, just throwing sliders and cutters up there and, you got to use your fastball in the big leagues. You know, you, everybody knows that commanding the fastball, it, for the most part, it needs to be your best pitch unless you have, like, a nasty slider, which you can command. You know, Chassin kind of got away with a lot of that last year. He's just kind of, you know, having the variation of your slider. You have the wipeout slider, and then you also have the slider that you just throw for a strike, you know, just kind of dot it on the outside corner. And with Darvish, his fastball is really the key. I mean, when you cannot command your fastball, teams – don't have to look for it and they don't have to respect it and you're not going to get ahead in counts and then if people are just sitting there making you throw strikes and he's already a strikeout pitcher so he already racks up a lot of deep counts when they can send that fastball then he gets one in the zone and it's like you know it's a cock shot that's when he gets in a lot of trouble he gets taken deep he gets hit hard and he loses confidence and then he doesn't throw the fastball at all and then he's just throwing sliders up there and and it all starts for him and for most pitchers, just commanding the fastball. I mean, look at a guy like Kyle Hendricks, who's throwing 10 miles per hour, you know, less than you, Darvish, but he's pitching way better because he knows where this fastball is. He knows where his, well, he throws, you know, he throws a sinker and a two seam. He knows where it's going and he can dot corners. And when Darvish can, you know, hit his spots and sometimes, and the thing is he can get away with sometimes not hitting his spots if he's consistently throwing strikes. You can you're gonna blow by some guys just throwing as hard as he does, and that sets up his slider and makes him even more devastating. And it sets up his cutter. It sets up the curveball whenever he decides to use it every now and then. I like to see his curveball more, but if he's not feeling it, I don't want I don't need him throwing it. But yeah, for him, it really just starts with his fastball command and you know, kind of getting over that hump. Yeah, and 
I completely agree with all that. For me, it's the same thing. You know, the pitch counts. If you don't got the command, I'm guessing teams going into a U Darvish game, they're thinking the same thing. Like, have an open eye. Don't <clears throat> don't swing because he's going to throw a lot of balls, which, you know, and then at most he'll get to five innings. You know, last uh, May 4th and May 9th, he only went four innings. Um, May 15th, he went five. You would re- really like to see him go more than five, obviously, the trend of this rotation has been spectacular in that in those terms and then you know i i don't know you know i i also want to see caratini's impact because like you said earlier ron they they have something there potentially for him being you know you darvish's guy but obviously it's command and then if you don't have to command then you won't be able to go long in these games um also i'd like to see him you know calm down because there's times where like he'll he'll maybe give up a walk or you know give up a hit and then like more more off offense strings off of that and goes against him where he can't really calm down and then you know get out of that little uh, slump that he's in for that inning. So I'd also like to see that you know, and we all know you Darvish he has like the the mental problems and you know, he's thinking too much and all that all that bad stuff that you don't want as a pitcher on the mound, especially when you're facing the caliber of these guys. But yeah, obviously it's command at this point, and if if he can get that down, then. We 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 will see a better U Darvish, which arguably we have seen a better U Darvish. It's just he's uh, he's striking out a lot more. He's 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 still really inconsistent about walking guys. Yeah, he walked no one last game, but again, he walked five and then six to the two games before that. So it's just it's kind of hard to 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 like picture what kind of U Darvish you're going to get that day because you don't know. And yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I, I agree with what you're saying when I like that last point. You don't know what you Darvish are getting, you know. We've seen him have solid starts and then the next start he looks like a completely different pitcher again. And I mean, look at his ERA. It's it's in the fives, guys. And you know, the Cubs have probably with have one of the deepest rotations in baseball, if not the deepest. But when you have a guy like Darvish who just on numbers wouldn't even be a five starter on most teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a five forty is that's you can't work with that, and he gets out of a lot of things by well he he'll get, he can get himself out of trouble against a team like the Marlins you know where he had an all he was just looking he had six walks but gave up one run because the Marlins can't hit shit, and then we saw he did the same thing against the Cardinals and they racked him up for five runs. It's you you don't know what you're gonna get from him. You you don't know if he's ever gonna get that feel of his fastball again, and it's really frustrating because this is not who you Darvish was before he came to the Cubs. He really wasn't a guy who had a lot of walk issues. You know, as a strikeout pitcher, you're gonna have some walks by guys taking, you know, tough pitches. That's just kind of how it is. But it was never this. This is like he had a higher walk rate than Chatwood had last year, and that's saying something because Chatwood was literally a walking walk. Like you, he goes on the mound, you're expecting he's gonna lose his command and throw two in the dirt, and then three where the catcher has to jump for him. And Darvish is kind of in that boat. So it's hard to even gauge, you know. I want to say, well, you know, he he could be back after that start, but he's also going against one of the worst offensive teams in baseball with the Reds. And yet they have, you know, Suarez. But other than that, a lot of that lineup is struggling. So it's – I need to see him pitch good against an offense that's solid because you want – he is getting paid so much. To he's he's not getting paid to be the fifth starter. You know, we were banking on him being a two or three with that kind of money he's had. Even though he's got he's getting one money, but with the Cubs rotation, you didn't expect him to be the one. So he really needs to 
figure out. Like, I'm kind of getting tired of this. Well, he's finding something. No, this isn't some rookie. This is an established guy. This is a guy who's, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he won it. Did he win a Cy Young? Probably not. No. Probably but he's not, been, yeah. he's been damn close. I mean, he's just a guy who earned his contract, to be honest. And ever since that World Series, he's just looked like a completely different pitcher. The only, like, positive thing i mean there, there's a couple positive things not many but i will say his, his last game i just saw this he he threw his highest percentage of strikes last game so i mean maybe the command's coming a little long but again we don't know we don't know what the hell we're getting with him so i mean next next outing he can go four innings and get give up five runs and we'll see him out by the fourth so who knows i think a lot of the strikes too was just um there there's a lot of called three strikes because they're like there's no way this guy's still on a strike and Exactly. Now he's going to have to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can throw your fastball for strikes. Now, you, now you need to throw for quality strikes. There's a big difference, and you know anyone who knows baseball, even in the slightest, knows there's a difference between a quality strike and then just a strike. You know, like right down the middle, that's not a quality strike. You might catch somebody, and when you throw a 97, you can get away with it. But he's it's going to come to a point where he's going to need to be hitting some corners. He's going to be needing to mix his stuff up. And if he can figure that out, he can be as good as anybody in the league. But there's a lot of guys in the MLB that have nasty stuff, and it's it's that fine line of being able to balance that stuff. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you guys nailed it. And, and think about it. You know, he's he's got the stuff on the fastball. Just imagine if he can control it, you know, because he can hit 96, 97 with that fastball. You know, all of a sudden, he's able to, you know, pick his spots a little better with that. And to your point, now all of a sudden, every other pitch that he has becomes deadlier because now they have to respect the fastball on the corner or you know on the inside or what have you um just kind of going back to what you said with he is not one of Cy Young but he is a four-time all-star and he also led the AL in strikeouts in the in 2013 so this isn't some to your point this isn't some punk rookie that we're just hoping pans out this is a guy who's been pitching in the majors now for damn near a decade and has been a very good pitcher in that time frame as well. So um, in order for him to to live up to that contract, he needs to figure something out. So just very quickly, um, as we kind of transition here again, a uh, little fun thing, uh, James, that you found I, that I do want to discuss because I think it's kind of interesting and it, it makes for some fun, some fun dialogue. Um, cool little projections chart um, via Cubs Insider. Um, this is pre last night. So this still has Chris Bryant at seven home runs, obviously. Um, now he's at 11, but Javi Baez, 11 home runs, Anthony Rizzo, 10 home runs. You know, Willie also had his 10th, um, against the Nats. Chris obviously is now up to 11, but some of these guys, their projection numbers are banana lands. Javi Baez projected at 47 home runs, obviously, you know, whether that stands true or not remains to be seen. Uh, with his previous career high was 34. Previous career highs for Rizzo and Contreras were 32 and 21, respectively. They're both on pace for 40 home runs. And I'm, I have to imagine now Chris is on pace for 40. His career high was 39 in that MVP season. Again, I think this just goes back to the point that I was discussing earlier. of This team could legitimately have four guys hit, drive in 100 runs, without a doubt, because... If you're hitting the ball like that, I hate to break it to you. If you hit 40 home runs, there's a very good chance. And if you weren't somehow getting there to 100 RBIs with 40 home runs, I don't know 
what kind of team you're playing on and guys aren't getting on base. But, yo, these guys are going to drive in a, a ton of runs this year. And if they can at least perform to their caliber, which, you know, obviously, you know, Bryant's lighting the world on fire right now. Javi's had his hot run. Even if these guys are, are still playing well, then not necessarily this hot. I don't see how they don't drive in 100 runs. So I guess my question now for you, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of make this into a little bit of like a closing thought segment of question time again here. I want to know, out of those four guys that we've really heavily discussed as kind of the, the meat and potatoes of this lineup, Baez, Rizzo, Contreras, and Bryant, who leads the team in home runs at the end of the season? And how many, if any, get to 40 home runs? Uh, I mean, I'll start, but, um, so out of the four, I think Brian, obviously now he, he can definitely do it. He can be the guy that, that gets to 40. And then, you know, I, it's, it's, it, I'm, I'm in between, be, be, uh, between bias and Contreras on, on who else would get to 40. I don't think Rizzo gets to 40. I don't know how long the back's going to hold up. Obviously we just see, we just saw he had like a whole week off. Um, and, and that can, he'll probably have another, another little stretch like that later down the road. But for me, I, I think Brian definitely gets there. And then I, if I had to pick between Baez and Contreras, I'm probably going to go Baez just cause you know, for him, it's, he's been cranking the ball and ob- obviously with that opposite field power that's been on display this year, I think he's, he's, he definitely does it. And then like, like you were saying earlier, I think, uh, I think, at most three out of four, or at most four out of four, all four of these guys get to 100 RBIs. But if anything, three definitely will get to 100 RBIs. Yeah, I think I think Chris Bryant will end up leading the team in home runs. If I think he's is a more consistent hitter when he's on than a Javier Baez will be. But at the same time, it could be Baez because Baez goes on hot streaks that I've never seen, you know, and he could easily hit six home runs in like eight days because he can get so hot and he can start seeing the ball great. And if you're going to, when he is extremely hot and it's, I don't even know what extremely hot is now because he's batting like three thirty. but he's going to go on streaks where you can't throw him a pitch in the zone or he's going to shit on it. And he's going to take that down slider and then you can't just pitch around him unless you want to face Contreras. And if he's hitting then you got to give him something and hope for the best. And, I don't see Contreras getting to that home run tunnel because he is a catcher and he eventually will slow down just towards the end of the year. Um, with Caratini back, though, it'll be nice because you can kind of switch them out, especially if Caratini's going to be hitting. It's just, uh, I like you said, I don't see Rizzo hitting that point. He's never really gotten up to that point. He's he's always been a 30 home run guy. And he's consistently around 30. And I don't think he'll, unless, you know, he's another guy who can get really hot, but I don't see him going consistently and getting to 40 home runs, but definitely a guy like Chris Bryant could do that. And a guy like Javi Baez. For sure. Yeah. I think uh, I, I echo you, James. I think all four of them, assuming no significant injuries playing any of these guys can all get to a hundred RBI. Um, um, yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say two get to 40. Uh, I think Bryant and Baez are the two that can get to 40 right now. Uh, just, I think especially this year with, you know, and, and James, you mentioned this, that opposite field power that Javi had at times last year, but it wasn't as consistent as he's been this year. It seems like right now that he can take any ball in any direction and it doesn't matter where you're pitching him. 
that being said, you know, people are going to try to get him on that outside, you know, part of the plate and he's not having it. He's just going to take it the other way. And as we've seen this year, how many of his home runs have been opposite field? Almost all of them, quite frankly. I think he's only pulled maybe two all season. Everything else has been him driving it the other way. So, um, yeah, man, I I would love to see something like that out of all of these guys. But um, And, like, I mean, I'm also just – I want to add the note. Obviously, the baseballs are jumping off the bats a little bit differently this year. So, true. Yep. So we can – that's why I mean. That's why this pace is a little bit different, and we can definitely, potentially, definitely see two guys do it on, on this team. I mean, look at fucking Yelich. He's got eighteen home runs. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Bellinger's got. He's on pace for like sixty. Ridiculous. Bellinger's been unreal this year. Oh, uh, Bellinger, dude, he's batting four hundred. Like, think about how hot we think like Chris and like Javier. This dude's been hitting four hundred all season. Mm-hmm. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a chance, and I know this is for our listeners. Yes, this is a little off of Cubs talk, but bear with us because this is this is a baseball podcast. But just imagine, I, I, I think the last time we really got to see a guy even flirt with 400 for most of the season was Chipper Jones. And I think he finished that year, I can't even remember what year it was, maybe 07. Um, I think he finished at like 394. So I'd be really curious to see how long a guy like Bellinger can keep this like flirting with 400 up for because he he just looks unstoppable. I mean, you know, Bryant right now looks unstoppable. Baez looks unstoppable. You want to talk about unstoppable. I mean, Bellinger has done nothing but just smack the living piss out of the ball all season long to this yeah, point. Yeah, no, no pitcher has an answer for it. You may know. Eventually, figured he'd be cooling down some way, but he hasn't. It's just been the same thing, and it's you know having a guy like that on your team, you can only just dream for. At oh, the 100%. moment, hundred percent. Well, and thankfully we got a couple guys that are hot, but yeah, you know, not yeah. not Bellinger not hot. That's four hundred. Like, yeah, that's another echelon of uh, of talent right there. Well, looking ahead, um, the next coming series. So today is game two of that Washington National Series. That is, a, I believe it's a 6-10 first pitch tonight, um, Central Standard Time. Tomorrow night's game will be a 6:05 Central Standard Time game, also against Washington. Uh, so tonight's pitching matchup is Lester versus Strasburg. That'll be a very good matchup. Uh, with the Sunday night game, the uh, final game of that series, it will be Hendricks versus Hellickson um, for the Nats. Then on Monday, the Cubbies return home to play the first place Philadelphia Phillies um, Monday through Thursday. So it's a four-game series. Right now, as everything shapes out, Game 1 slates to be um, the man I think a lot of people miss in the city of Chicago. Jake Arrieta will return and face Darvish. I'm actually kind of excited to see that matchup because it'll be the, well, why didn't we just pay Jake instead of Darvish game? So I'm I'm interested to see that. Game 2 currently slotted to be Quintana versus Eflin. Game 3, Hamels versus Irvin. And then game four looks like Lester versus Nova. Um, so we will see how all those games play out. Definitely a, another test, I think, uh, for this Cubs team. Uh, this is a pretty good Philadelphia Phillies team. So I am excited to see how they perform uh, in the four-game series against the Fighting Phils. 
Um, yeah, and I, I think it's it's time to close it out here, folks. Um, you know, we're we're approaching about the hour mark for recording here. And uh, James, I kind of like some of these questions you uh, you gave us for the closing thoughts. So I, the one I think I really enjoyed um, is that that second one, and is is Brizzo going to continue to do good things here on out? And you know, we we talked about it so heavily early on where. You know, Baez is is turning into a superstar, you know, but in the end, this team for years has been all about Brizzo. Like, Brizzo has been the the core of this team. And, you know, obviously, Riz does his thing year in and year out. He's pretty consistent. You're looking at at least 25 home runs and probably 100 runs driven in from him. Um, You know, but until this year now, Bryant really hadn't found himself being that MVP caliber player again. Now, all of a sudden, he looks like that guy again. So, I think, me personally, I do think they're going to continue to do good things. I don't know, obviously, if Bryant's going to stay this hot. I feel like anytime you're this hot, it's just insanely difficult to keep that kind of streak up. But, you know, we, we as we talked about earlier with the home run predictions, this is a guy that can give you 40. There's no doubt about it. He almost did it in 2016. You know, he was one away from from, from getting there. And I think as long as Rizzo stays healthy, again, that back, you know, he's he's still probably going to give you somewhere between 25 and 30. And as long as he's driving in runs, you know, via doubles and singles like he can, that's where, you know, I would I would expect him to do good things. And then obviously he's got that platinum glove caliber at first base, um, which can, I, in my opinion, should never be overlooked because he's an incredible defender over there at first. So... I want to hear from both of you, James. You can start it off if you want. Yeah. Are are uh, is Brizzo gonna keep this up from here on out? Yeah, yeah. I I truly think so. And I want. I'm I'm not talking so much baseball here. I'm talking like their friendships. I, I feel like the two feed off each other. And you know, especially Rizzo. He's he's gonna see Brian doing really good things now, and now he's back, and hopefully the backs you know back to back to 100. percent And obviously he he's a hard at bat at the plate. He. He's just gonna, you know, potentially do good things from here on out, and I, I, th- I think these two are gonna gonna lead the charge for this Cubs team from here on out, at least to the All Star break, um, barring injuries. Knock on wood, don't want any of that to happen. But I'm very confident in these two, and I, I, I think I, it's a bold prediction, but I, Bryant just seems very on right now, and I, I just don't like. Yeah, he's gonna cool down a little bit, but I, I think we're gonna see like a very consistent pace from him. And then Rizzo is Rizzo. He's going to do him. He's going to have great at-bats at the plate. Um, he He's obviously, you know, he starts off slow every year, and he's he's gotten to that point now where he's picking it up. Um, I I want to say hopefully the uh, the, uh, the the little you know break he had there didn't affect him too much, but I obviously I don't think it will. He, he he's he's a veteran. He's gonna come back strong. But yeah, this these two, I I think they're gonna drive this team. You know, they they're Rizzo's the leader of this offense. He's been here the longest. He's 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 the guy that everybody looks to. I mean, we don't got like a, a, a an old David Ross on the roster anymore. But I'm guessing you know he has a very influential factor on these young guys. So you know, people look up to them and and. Again, the friendship alone, I think, drives the two. And when they see one guy doing good, it, it, it brings them confidence, and the other guy will do good too. So that's my take on it, and I, I truly believe these guys are going to be a big impact from here at least to the all-star break. 
Justin, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I think these two, you know, Rizzo's like the model of consistency he has been for this team. And now Brian's looking like he's back to a 16. I don't see them, these guys really slowing down too much. I mean, there's obviously there's going to be their rough patches and every hitter goes to a slump at some point. And, but the thing is these two guys, when they're at their best or just even where they should be, they're probably, they're one of the best tandems in baseball. I mean, you have the tandem, uh, you obviously have what they're doing over there in um, Houston with the Astros. I think the Astros and the Cubs are the two best teams in the MLB. And I think it starts with depth throughout the lineup, having multiple guys who in other lineups would be the best hitter. And I think when you have those two and then you throw a Javi behind them and a Contreras, I mean, and the thing about those two is they're going to get on base. I mean, they both will take their walks. They're going to work great at bats. They're both really tough outs at the plate. So when you can consistently get on base, that's just going to make your team obviously a lot better. You know, it's a simple formula. It's difficult to do, but it's a simple formula when you got these two. I mean, this is what this team is built off. This is how this team won a World Series in 2016. Rizzo and Bryant were those two in the lineup. That's where Brizzo started. And I can't wait to see what they do the rest of this league. It's almost like they have kind of a revenge tour going on. And just to, trying to remind people that, hey, this is a good team. Maybe we didn't have the couple of years we wanted to, but we're still here. And we've only gotten older, and, we probably, and we're definitely getting better. You know, maybe not Rizzo getting better as much due to age, but he's, he's still consistent. And he's been starting to heat up big time. And becoming who Rizzo is, he's going to be hitting around probably 270 to 290. He's going to drive in 100, and he's going to be around 25, 30 home runs. You can pencil it in, barring in, barring injuries or barring a really slow season. I mean, last year, he Rizzo kind of had a lot of slow patches, and he still got you around 25 home runs. That's what you're going to expect from this team, and I think the energy on this team is different, and I'm really excited to see where these guys take it. The, the only thing I want to um, sort of add is, like, Obviously, these guys are going to heat, like they're heating up, but I, I really think just the weather in general, like once it gets hot, like, you know, hotter, obviously in Chicago, we've seen like these cold streaks and it's just ridiculous. It'll be hot one day and then cold another. But yeah, once the weather really gets, you know, good and warm out, then obviously Rizzo, the back will feel really good and it's just going to help those two out even more and the team as a whole, even more the pitching, I'm guessing even more, you know? Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, to your point, I mean, yesterday was you know in the in the forties last night, uh, and I believe right now it's about eighty degrees outside as we're recording this. So that just goes to show how weird Chicago's weather has been um, overall thus far this year. But yeah, agreed. I mean, we see it every year. You know, this team kind of during the cold weather doesn't doesn't do as well as they can, and then as soon as the weather starts to heat up in Chicago, it seems like those bats kind of awaken, even though they've had zero problem being awake uh, through this part of the year so far. <sighs> well, well said, gentlemen. I, I mean, if you guys don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. I think this was a great episode uh, for all of us. Um, kind of some things on the horizon to look forward to. Uh, we are getting guests lined up finally. Uh, it's taken us a little longer than we've liked, but um, look for hopefully the next episode we'll have a guest on. Uh, don't be surprised if, uh, I don't think we've really discussed this yet, but don't be surprised if you don't hear from us next week. Uh, it is Memorial Day weekend next weekend, so everybody's probably going to be just enjoying the weather, enjoying family, enjoying friends. Um, so, you know, thank you to our troops and those that we support and thank on Memorial Day. Uh, if we aren't recording before, then again, 
Um, some guys that we're going to have on, though, we're looking to have our guy from On Tap Juice, big Cubs guy. Uh, he's going to come on and join us as a guest. We were talking to him a little bit on Thursday night. Uh, and then we have another guest that we're working on getting on. We're not going to say who yet, but uh, is a pretty big guest. So we're pretty excited, hopefully, to get them on uh, in the coming weeks. All that being said, please go check us out at ontapsportsnet.com. Uh, you can find all of our Cubs stuff there as well as things for those that are, you know, maybe you have a great friend that's a White Sox fan. We got stuff for them there. Uh, we got some Bears stuff, some Blackhawks stuff. Bull stuff is going to be up and running soon as well. Um, you know, it's a fun time to be part, a part of the ONTAP Sports Network. Uh, I know we're excited to be a part of it. Uh, and we're so thankful for our listeners. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if we don't talk to you before then, enjoy the holiday weekend. And let's go Cubbies. Cubbies.